You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. All right, welcome back to the Financial Insights Podcast. It is Friday, August 14th, and we are finishing the week strong. As we record this, all four indices, the NASDAQ 100, S&P 500, Dow Jones Industrial Index, and Russell 2000 are all positive on the week, although a couple are down for the day as I record this. But overall, uh, we we actually had some dips in here, but also some pretty, uh, pretty big bounce backs. Uh, and so this week, we're going to be talking markets. There are a couple of things that we have to go over. Um, and you, well, I'll reference some charts here today, but we're, you can also find these on our blog, fordfg.com slash blog, uh, where you'll see some of these. And I think what's notable here today on the 14th as we record this is that the S&P 500 index that I mentioned earlier has been flirting with an all-time high, a new all-time high in the past few days and is currently less than about half of a percent away from uh, exceeding the last all-time high, which was actually set on February 19th. February 19th feels like a millennium ago, but it was only a few months and we've had a heck of a roller coaster ride uh, since then. It's incredible what a different world it is today um, than what it was from the last new high. We've experienced one of the worst recessions ever. We've seen the fastest bear market decline and hit, and the fastest historic market rally. And while millions of people have lost their jobs and tragically more than 160,000 Americans have lost their lives, according to Johns Hopkins, um, we have kind of come full circle here where we are nudging, or at least the the market and the the S&P 500 index in, in particular has is nudging up against those all-time highs that we saw in February. Yesterday, the 13th, also marked 100 trading days ago since the March 23rd low, uh, which is also remarkable. And it's the S&P 500's best 100-day rally ever. It's up more than 50% from the lows. And if you go to our blog, you'll see on one of the LPL charts of the day, uh, it will show that uh, if you look at previous large 100-day rallies, we usually saw continued gains after the rally, after that 100-day mark. And it, it shows really what you'll see is that stocks are higher a year later, 17 out of 18 times. And so I know there's some real concern about the run-up and even the disconnect, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, between markets and the economy. Uh, but when you see these kinds of rebounds over 100 days, it's usually a sign of, of good things to come if we look at things historically. LPL Financial's chief market strategist, Ryan Dietrich, um, commented on this saying, uh, 2020 is a year that is setting many records, some good and some bad. And now we have the best 100 day rally ever. And he's absolutely right. This is, you can just mark another record in the history books. We've had both good and bad records here this year. Um, and he notes, though, that the real catch to this is that previous big rallies usually saw continued strength. And so he warns to not bet against this bull market just yet. But still, the number one question we continue to receive is how stocks can be back near highs, as I mentioned, while the economy isn't anywhere close to that level, uh, the previous levels of output that we had late last year and early this year. 
And we've talked about this before and focused on how the S&P 500 index and GDP or the gross domestic product, the measure of our economy, are actually quite different. Um, you know, we'll reiterate some of these here. And that really, there I think there are four key differences that we can fo- focus on. First, the S&P 500 is more manufacturing driven while the GDP is more services driven. So the services economy was harder hit during the lockdowns and faces a tougher road back with social distancing than manufacturing does. The second item here is the S&P 500 is more investment driven rather than consumption driven. So capital investment has been supported by technology spending and hasn't been hit as hard as consumer spending during the pandemic. As a result, the S&P 500 has been more resilient to the pandemic. You know, we also believe here that the value of tech-based intellectual property is better captured in the S&P 500 and in its profits rather than the GDP calculation. So that's noteworthy also. The third item here is the S&P 500 is global while GDP is domestic. Uh, I know we think of the S&P 500 as U.S. companies, and it's true, but really, roughly 40% of the sales for the S&P 500 are derived overseas, while U.S. exports in the GDP calculation only make up 13% of U.S. GDP. So the U.S. economy is a net importer, while the S&P 500 is a net exporter, which is why the S&P 500 prefers a weaker dollar. A weaker dollar helps many U.S. companies' goods be become cheaper overseas and enhances international profits, while a strong dollar is good for U.S. GDP because it lowers the cost of imports. And so there is a material disconnect there. The fourth and final one here is that the S&P 500 likes higher oil while the GDP likes cheaper oil. And profits for the energy sector benefit from higher oil prices, but higher energy costs crimp consumer spending. And so the industrial sector also generally generally benefits from higher oil prices through capital spending and energy producers. And that's what's gone on here recently as well. Finally, the S&P 500 index has been stuck on unlucky 13 in terms of all-time highs this year. Uh, the strength we've seen recently does bode well for continued momentum and eventual new highs uh, probably soon, according to LPL Research. So we'll have to stay tuned to see how this turns out. Of course, uh, if we go back, and I urge you to go check out this chart at, at FordFG.com uh, slash blog under, under the title of the best 100 days ever, and we'll see if history holds its course, uh, where, where stocks a year later are up 17 out of 18 times after a rally similar to what we've had, which is greater than 22%. Um, And you'll even see there that more often than not in the following month after that 100 days and three months and six months, uh, the S&P 500 tends to be positive um, more often than it is negative uh, by quite a large margin. So go check out that chart uh, at FordFG.com slash blog. I now want to pivot for a moment. We've been talking markets, but let's talk economy. Uh, And also in our blog, we have a post this week called Chart Check. Uh, and where we continue to follow high-frequency data to assess whether the U.S. recovery remains on track or if it's been derailed by COVID-19 outbreaks in different parts of the country. I know where we live here in the Central Valley of California, um, schools are closed because we are not at the thresholds uh, that are required by the state government to be able to open the schools, and that's been a big source of conversation here. So in this blog post, we, we took a look at five charts that illustrate Uh, that the economy actually remains on track, and they actually help explain why stocks continue to do so well, like we talked about just a little bit earlier, uh, despite such difficult economic conditions. So 
The first chart that we took a look at is that new COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations have fallen pretty steadily in recent weeks. And you've probably even heard this anecdotally for where wherever it is that you live or where you're listening from. Now, of course, we'd like these numbers to fall further, but progress of any kind is encouraging, really. And as some schools get ready to open, it's a potentially underrated factor for how the U.S. economy performs this fall. Um, the progress that we're seeing here reduces the likelihood that lockdowns are reinstated while we wait for some sort of medical breakthrough, uh, and it actually supports the economic outlook. Uh, the second chart that we posted is actually it relates to driving activity, and driving activity has risen further above pre-pandemic levels. Uh, so part of this story is seasonal because we're in summertime, but the recovery in driving activity based on map requests from Apple is pretty impressive. People moving around rather than being stuck at home is generally good for economic activity, even if many of these map requests are vacation-related rather than trips to the store or the office or manufacturing facility. Um, nobody needs GDP to find out how to get to work or school or to the grocery store. Uh, but still, an increase in driving activity tends to show an increase in economic activity, and that's what this chart suggests. So another good sign for the economy and GDP. Uh, the third chart that we looked at was restaurant dining, and restaurant dining has actually resumed its uptrend. Uh, it wasn't particularly surprising to see that the number of people eating at restaurants was dropping in June when cases started to rise in many parts of the West and the South. Uh, but the good news here is that dining numbers nationally are back on the rise again. It's a sign that more consumers are increasingly confident that it's safe to go out. And with many restaurants lim to limited to 50% capacity, a 55% year-over-year drop in seated diners is a positive trend and a good sign. Uh, the fourth chart that we took a look at is commuting activity. And commuting activity is on the rise. More people are heading back to work based on public transit usage in the New York and New Jersey metro area than we've seen before. Uh, we observe similar trends in Chicago and Los Angeles, which is a good sign. Uh, but although up the upward trajectory in these statistics have leveled off some recently, it's still another sign that people are more comfortable getting out of their house and they're increasingly supporting the economic recovery uh, by getting closer to resuming those normal activities that we had before coronavirus. Uh, the fifth and final chart that we took a look at is earnings estimates, and earning estimates are rising. The upside surprises uh, that we saw during the now nearly complete second quarter earnings season have been pretty impressive, averaging 22%, even though S&P earnings are tracking uh, toward a more 30% year-over-year decline for the quarter. So perhaps even more impressive here is that earnings estimates for the next 12 months have risen during earnings reporting season, which is an unusual occurrence. Higher estimates bode well for the earnings outlook and were part of the reason why LPL Research actually increased its 2020 earnings per share estimate for the S&P 500 from $125 to $130 a share, uh, up from $120 to $125 a share. So the bottom line here is the high-frequency data that leveled off early this summer as lockdowns were, were being returned to uh, has started to turn higher. And so with more people getting out as COVID-19 cases have fallen, suggests the economic recovery might be picking up a little bit of speed like it was in late May. Uh, maybe the disconnect between the stock market and the economy isn't quite as wide as as we were thinking based on some of these uh, really kind of leading indicators here. And the improvement in jobless claims that was reported uh, this week 
also supports the notion that recovery is continuing to chug along, although the recovery of, of lost U.S. output might take another year or two to recover. So a lot of data, a lot of information. I've, I've actually referenced a, a number of charts here. So I want to make sure uh, that you are able to go find those if you want to take a look for them yourselves uh, or look at them yourselves. Uh, FordFG.com is the website. FordFG.com slash blog is there. Uh, you can also uh, email us if you'd like to see the charts or links to the charts at info at FordFG.com or you can always give us a call at 559-449-8690. As always, thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you next week about the economy and markets and investing. Um, I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.